It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Ticket text is at 97136. What's up, Double D? How are you? Man? How are you, Pat? Oh, doing well. It's uh, getting closer and closer and closer to spring training. Yes, it is. You get that first call. Uh, you Trucks got, are rolling out. <laughs> dude, what, what's your first uh, broadcast? It's the 24th. And who is it against? Uh, that would be, I believe, the Orioles. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Sounds is, good, doesn't it? Is that the newly refurbished it's at the Joker Marches? Newly refurbished, forty-five million dollar refurbished Joker Marches. Say, I can't wait to see it. I'm not going online to look. I want to be surprised. I want to walk in and go, wow, because by all accounts, it's going to be a wow. Well, we had Wayne McLean from the uh, Tigers here on last week uh, talking all about it and uh, the relationship between the Tigers and Lakeland. I'm glad that's ongoing since 1934. So that's a good thing, and it's coming up. And as we inch closer to the season, you know, we start to see certain players uh, come off the board, you know, the kind of the, the stragglers, the free agents that were out there. And now a couple of them have come off the board. We talked about last week, should the Tigers – Go out and get some bullpen help because there were a couple veterans out there that definitely could help them. And a couple of those guys have come off the board. Uh, we just found out here uh, hours ago. Right. Sergio Romo, who uh, did in the Tigers in the 2012 World Series, um, coming off kind of an injury-plagued year. But he was fairly effective, whipped just above one last year. Throws in the mid-80s now. He gets a lot of swings and misses. He'll yeah, give yeah. up home runs, but he does get swings and misses. More than a strikeout per inning last year. And Sergio Romo has signed with the Dodgers, uh, reportedly taking less to go there, $3 million uh, with in- incentives. And Joe Smith has agreed to terms, and uh, they've been undisclosed, but we've been speculating about $3 million. Uh, the right-hander, he pitched a lot with the Angels in his career with the Indians before the side armor. Uh, had a pretty good year with the Cubs last year. In a certain, well, I don't think he was on the postseason roster. Uh, he got, uh, you know, we're speculating, about $3 million from Toronto. So two contending teams, the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, have snapped up those two, but uh, Joe Blanton's still out there. Right, and those are probably the top three. And the more you look at Joe Blanton, you really do realize this guy has been reborn in his mid-30s as a reliever. There's still the possibility that that volatility he showed as a starter is there, but he has been more consistent as a reliever. And there's a really good piece on fan graphs about him this week, about his slider and its improved slider and the swings and misses that he gets with his slider and how consistent it is. And it, it does make for an intriguing possibility. Could you get Joe Blanton for $3 million? That seems about right, doesn't it? I don't know if the Tigers want to spend that kind of money. I think, but I think, I think I, he's fairly reliable and consistent at this point with what he has. I don't think he's even going to get him for that because I think one of you the things. You think it's going to be more? Yes, because last year he made four, over four and he had a real good year. So even though he's 37 and the market's depressed for him. Right. I think that's the one thing it might work in the Tigers' favor. Right. But you don't. You think he gets a two-year deal? 
I don't think he gets a two-year deal, but I think he gets one year, probably five or six million, something like that. It's going to be a little bit more than three million, like those other guys got. Joe Blanton, in terms of the body of his work last year, was far better, and for the reasons you're talking about, um, he threw a good fastball last. Now it wasn't the major league average; it was like ninety-one point four, something like that, but not. But. A soft tosser, and he had a great slider. Right, and when you get swings and misses, and it was a high percentage of right. swings and misses, that really catches your eye, and those are the guys you want in your bullpen. And also, I think they're and, leaning toward National League team. He's pitched better in the National League yeah. traditionally. It'd be interesting to see, uh, but really, if you're signing him, you're probably saying Mark Lowe's not going to be part of your bullpen, right? And then I mean, you've really? got Pelfrey and you've got Sanchez. I think if, I think yeah. those three things are preventing them from signing anybody else because they have to figure out which one of those three, all three, are going to end up in the bullpen. I don't think all three, but certainly one or two could. And then I, I really don't know what you do. That's almost $30 million worth of uh, pitching that did not have good years last year. I don't know if Al's gone down to Florida yet or he's traveling. A lot of times he does stuff. A lot of times about this time, though, he might be like a 994 heading home or something. And if he's listening right now, he's going, what are you talking about? We got Pelfrey, we got Sanchez. That's what's probably going through his mind, talking about Alavila. But here's my point about it. Why be penny pound and pound foolish? Meaning, look, you're already over the luxury tax. Meaning you're, you decide to keep the band together. You have a team that won 86 games last year without the extra game against Cleveland, which was canceled. Right. And you almost made the playoffs. And who knows? You know, maybe you can beat Cleveland a few more times and you're right in there. I don't know. Indians have gotten better, obviously, on paper. But on paper and what happens on the field is a little different. Kansas City seems really confused. Uh, the West, uh, those teams to me aren't you know, movable forces, although Seattle and Houston are pretty good and the way, in Texas. But the way I look at it, you know, why not? You know, because what is the Tigers' biggest weakness? What, where, you know, they're, they're going to score runs. I don't care if they're all right-handed. They're going to score runs, right. which you point out. Uh, they're defensively got some good points and bad points. Uh, starting pitching could be outstanding. What were they 25th in the league in last year? Bullpen. Bullpen. Yep. What's been their problem since hell froze over? I know. There you go. <laughs> Bullpen? Bullpen. <laughs> and, you know, what have they not added to significantly during the offseason? Open. There you go. So there's a possibility <laughs> that this could be a difference maker. I know people have bought into it before, and, they, you know, they've had some money, and they've had a little bit too much house money they played with and things like that. But why be penny wise and pound foolish? So I don't think it's stupid to bring it up. Right. And, it's you know, it's you can talk about, I mean, sunk costs, right? You're going to pay. Pelfrey, Sanchez, and Lowe combined almost $30 million. No matter what, even if you release. You're going you're gonna to pay them to stay and, and perhaps not contribute, or you're going to pay them either way, to go away or to stay. And they have to figure out, and they, this is the biggest thing in spring training, which one of those guys, if any of those three, can help. I mean, Lowe had better numbers down the stretch, but let's face it, he was using games where the Tigers were ahead by six or behind by six. Yeah. Uh, the velocity never really came back, and that to me is the biggest thing to watch in the spring. I mean, is he going to gear it up to 95 in the spring? Probably not. That's a tough decision to make, and I don't think they're just going to let him go, but it does play into what you're talking about if you're going to sign a Joe Blanton. Right. Probably not going to do it if you still have to figure out if Mark Lowe is going to be a contributor because right now he could be the odd man out very easily if you look at the bullpen as it's situated. Green, Wilson, the setup, Alex Wilson in that swing role. He's been so valuable. Rondon did make big improvements last year. And then, you know, from the left side, Blaine Hardy. Uh 
You got some guys who did a nice job. Kyle Ryan surprisingly did a nice job. Kyle, quietly, Kyle Ryan, Blaine did Hardy, a really and nice Justin Wilson—they got lefties, right? Unlike their lefties. And then you got K Rod. So I'm I mean, that's, so, that's not, seven that you can come up with really quickly. I'm not so sure about Shane Green. I'm not. I'm not either because I mean low. he did not finish well last year. And but uh, right now that would be probably your top seven going into spring. Then you got Jimenez. It's kind of wild card for sure. I mean, I'm pretty. I would love to see him make it out of spring. I don't think that's going to happen, just because you know they've been. You know, they're just not going to do that. Right. They'll do that just to anger me. He'll be up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> he'll be up by May. How's that? At well, the latest, he should be. I mean, based on what I've seen, if he's healthy and he's doing well, he's pretty good. He's real good, actually. Under underrated by the national pundits for sure. But I'll say this. Uh, as well. Starting pitching is the Tigers' strength. And you know what? Coming up today, 7.45, we've got Michael Fulmer, speaking of Tigers' starting pitch. The American League Rookie of the Year is joining us tonight. So, But anyway, we'd love to hear from you. we got open lines, 248-539-9797. There's a zillion and one things to talk about. We're talking about the Tigers' bullpen. We'll get into whether the Tigers are just are being underrated in a certain way. We'll explain coming up next. Uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight. This is your opportunity yep. to talk baseball. Only got three shows left. I'd love to hear from fans about what some of the things they're looking at going into spring training. Dan and I, we can pontificate a lot. and oh, uh, oh, Dan, we can kill an hour. Yeah, we could. <laughs> but we want to hear from you because fan Tiger fans are what really count. And more than anything else, I've learned that down through the years. And what you think. And I know you all love baseball, and so do we. And we're just glad to be here and talk to you about it. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. This is Tiger Talk. You're on 97.1 The Ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97.1 The Ticket. Now the 2-2. Fastball, strike three. Got him on the outside corner with a beauty of a fastball. The 11th strikeout for Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer will join us at 745 today. This is Tiger Talk, Pat Caputo, along with Double D, Dan Dickerson, the radio play-by-play voice of the Tigers. And, Dan, uh, we were talking a little bit before we went into break uh, about some of the perceptions of the Tigers. You know, they're maybe a little bit older. uh, Their team is uh, unbalanced. They're a team that has four players. Uh, Michael Fulmer is one of them who will join us at 745 tonight. Justin Verlander's another, Miguel Cabrera's a third, and Ian Kinsler's a fourth, who, if you were to look at the baseball reference uh, version of wins above replacement metrics, you know, simplified, uh, provide over half of the wins Mm -hmm. uh, for the Tigers. I think it's uh, 20 of their uh, 34 total uh, wins above replacement last year, something like that. I'm I'm saying that off the top of my head, but it's roughly in that area. And so that's a huge percentage for those guys. So people look at it and they make their prediction. They don't think the Tigers are that good. But what I, and also JD Martinez, his trade value was way down simply because his metrics, particularly defensively, defensively yeah. and base running to a degree, but not the same degree, weren't very good. And Nick Castellanos doesn't get as much respect as maybe his offensive numbers suggest because his defensive numbers and base running aren't that good. But the Tigers still won 86 games last year. And do fans out there think that too much is being made of that, that Castellanos is indeed a really good player. So is J.D. Martinez. Shut up with that stuff. These uh, executives <laughs> don't know what Matt, what means anything uh, when it comes down to that. They're overvaluing this. You know, we want some powerful guys. Right. You know, we don't want a bunch of, you know, guys who can't hit and all those different things. 
how do fans feel about it? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. What do you think about it? In terms of the metrics and how it's used? As compared to conventional numbers, is it, is it being well, yeah. overstated to every, a degree? No, I mean, every every team is using the calculation. There's a reason that Chris Carter's still sitting out there after hitting 41 home runs. I mean, he was he's a home run threat. I really am kind of surprised because he can still draw a walk. He doesn't make any contact other than home runs. I mean, he has a hard time making contact. Um, but, no, I think every team's making this calculation. It's fair to say that J.D.'s value dropped. It was quite high two years ago. It dropped this past year because of his defense, but his defense was above average two years ago by at least one measurement. So, But, these again, these are the calculations that teams are making, and these are the calculations they have to figure. Each war is worth X amount of dollars, $6, 7000000 million. And whether they're using war or they're, whether they're using something else, they're making that calculation. And they're, they're very, I think, very much dialed into that in terms of how they're going to spend their money. So, but you know, I do think nationally, people look at the Tigers and think they are aging. I don't think that's correct. If you break it down, you've got quite a few guys under the age of thirty who will be key parts. I think it does point out that you need to see if this team is going to get to ninety plus wins. Continued improvement from Nick Castellanos. I was reading the other day. I think it was Keith Law who said he is not quite the hitter they thought when they drafted him. He's been a bit of a disappointment. Nick Castellanos isn't even 25 yet. This is his 25 season coming up, and he made huge improvements last year. I think if you're you're selling him short to think that he can't reach the level they thought when they drafted him, but that's why you look at the young pitchers. Norris is going to be a key this year. McCann's improvement is going to be a key this year. Castellanos' continued improvement is going to be a key this year. Consistency from Upton and J.D. are going to be keys this year. But I do think nationally the, the thought is the rotation has a lot of question marks after J.V. and Fulmer, and this is an aging team. But I would disagree with the aging. We've talked about that a lot. I would disagree with the aging narrative because it doesn't really ring true when you look at the breakdown of the Tigers roster and the key guys, but it does point out that some of those young guys have to continue to get better this year. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Rick, you're on Tiger Talk on ninety seven one the ticket. What's up, Rick? Well, it's awful good to hear about the Tigers. It makes me warmer already. <laughs> Think warm thoughts. Yeah, and I just I just want to take this opportunity. I'm just really grateful that um, I get to let Dan Dickerson know. I'm just really thankful that you're the voice of the Tigers. I have enjoyed listening to you ever since you took over and. It's just really, I'm really grateful you're the voice of the Tigers. Well, I appreciate I, that, Rick. And I uh, also enjoy listening to Pat talk about baseball because he is the book. The well, book. I appreciate it, but Dan is terrific at what he's doing, you know, and I appreciate him very much as well, uh, what he does with the play-by-play. Yeah, he really, really is the best. I I'll, I'll say this, it. Dan won't say it, but I know I already has worked at it down through the years, too, to be in his position, <laughs> so... It's fun job, I'll go. tell you that. Rick, what are you looking going to spring training? What are you looking at with this Tigers team? What's the biggest top two or three things on your mind? Well, I, I guess people would probably call me more of a Pollyanna type fan. Sorry. Right. And I know we got, and I know we got <laughs> issues in the bullpen and and it's been bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. But I, I kinda share I caught the you know, the narrative that we're an aging team. You know, I don't know. I'm wondering if I'm being to Pollyanna to think, you know, if they stay healthy, you know, which is really very hard to do, if they just manage to all stay healthy, and we didn't have the injuries like we had last year, 
And I think Justin Upton had to get used to American League pitching, and I, I don't expect him to fall off. And I think when you recover from injuries like J.D. and, and Miguel, they're going to, you know, as long as they're not hurt, they're going to do what they do. I mean, am I wrong to think that just this team, kind of wish they would have kept Maven, but this team, as is, healthy, uh, and, and as long as Fulmer can not totally, you know, I'm not sure he can repeat that, but, you know, could they, I think they could win 95 games. I mean, I don't know. Am I crazy or what? 95 might be high, but I, I'm kind of with you. I'm trying to poke holes into because the the national feeling, whether it's uh, Fangrass computer projection or just generally national writers have them kind of in the 80 to 83 range, I would say. That seems to be what I'm seeing anyway. And I do think that's low, so I'm trying to poke holes in my thought that this could be, with health, a 90-win team. There are some things that have to go right, but I don't think it's a stretch to think that Norris – given good health, could be a major factor in this rotation, that Zimmerman, with good health, could be that guy that was strong for four years before he came to the Tigers and had an injury-shortened season last year. I mean, just those two things alone give you a really powerful, I think, rotation that's as good as just about anybody's in the American League, and that's that's not a bad place to start. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I mean, I'm always trying to poke holes in, in my thought in terms of where this team is. I think this is a very good team. And the more I poke holes in it, it's like, no, I still think this team really has a chance to be, from an 86-win season last year, better. Yeah. I, I, the pro- I guess the problem is they could win 90 games and the Cleveland Indians could win 92. <laughs> well, they could, but they always have that wild card there. And there have been you know, a couple of years ago, you had the Giants and the Royals playing in the World Series, and they were both wild card teams. So, you know, get into the dance. I think we've seen that a number of times. You take those three Giants teams that won the championship uh, in recent times. None of them were projected to be great teams and are three different versions of the Giants with former Tigers who had, you know, like Aubrey Huff and uh, Cody Ross and uh, Andres Torres. Aubrey and, uh, was reborn. Edgar Renteria. <laughs> Edgar Renteria was such a bust here in Detroit. He was a World Series yep. MVP. Baseball is so unpredictable, Rick. you got to keep up the hope. I mean, seriously, I'm not saying that in a Pollyannic way, but, you know, they got enough good players that you never know that it could do it. I, I think what's hurt the Tigers' reputation lies the Phillies because the Phillies hit a wall, right? I mean, everybody got old at We're the same time. We're a lot of comparisons to the Phillies. And I don't I don't think it's the same thing. I don't think Cabrera compares to Ryan Howard. The, the No. Ryan Howard's never close in that category to being the hitter that right. Miguel Cabrera you know, that type of Their value was tied up in their big three starting pitchers. Right. It really was. And the, the comparisons, I see them all the time too, Pat. I don't think the comparisons are valid in terms of the roster construction and who the most valuable players are and what the Tigers have compared to what the Phillies had when they got old. But you know what? I wish I had a, a quarter for every time I've heard the Tigers in the last couple of years compared to the Phillies because... Let's put it this way. I've seen it this spring. Do more than pay for my dinner tonight. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Michael Fulmer, the American League Rookie of the Year, will join us at seven forty five. The Tigers pitcher. What do you think? We'd love to talk some baseball with you. Dan Dickerson's here, the radio play by play voice of the Tigers. I'm Pat Caputo. You're listening to Tiger Talk. A ninety seven won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. 3 2, swinging the ground ball right to Romine. Just to the left of second, he fields and fires to Cabrera. Just got Odor. 
And now 10 in a row retired by Michael Fulmer. This is big time, really is. Double D, Dan Dickerson, a little Jim Price thrown in there at the end. Jim was impressed. <laughs> and he Hard was not to be with Michael Fulmer last year. Three real good pitches. We'll talk to the American League Rookie of the Year coming up at 745 here on Tiger Talk. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Paul, what's up? How are you doing tonight? Pat and Dan, love the show. Um, great to hear your voices. That means spring is right around the <laughs> not corner. Not too far. Right, <laughs> not too far. You betcha. If today's any indication, uh, it will be soon. Um, just a couple things here real quick, guys. Um, one, one a concern. The other one, just a, a question. Um, my only concern is, um, arguably, we have one of the best DHs in baseball in Victor Martinez. Um, he's just a, an absolute pure hitter. And, and I've, I've always just loved Victor Martinez's approach at the plate. But, you know, let's face it, he's, he's entering the twilight of his career. Um, you know, let's just uh, play devil's advocate and say, you know, Victor, uh, you know, goes on the IR extended or is injured a couple times during the season. My question would be, um, you know, how would we fill that DH spot, you know, to be adequate? And the second part of uh, what I'd like to say is um, this challenge for center field. Um, I know we've got a couple of guys uh, that have been up and down uh, from Toledo, and we just uh, – did we make a trade for the uh, the other guy that's uh, been mentioned a couple times? Mikey Matuk, how yes. Is that gonna, yeah, how, how is that going to shape up, and what are your thoughts on those things, guys? I'll start with the second one first. I think they traded from Mikey Matuk for a reason. They, they really do, and I, I really think Tiger fans have to watch to see how this plays out. They like Jacoby Jones in center field. Can he hit enough? I think they traded for Mikey Matuk to make sure that he can continue to develop his hitting at AAA for at least the first part of this year. I will not be surprised if he plays a lot of games in center field in the second half of this year because he is apparently that good. We've only seen him for a few games, but Mikey Matuk is very athletic and might be able to man that position with Tyler Collins. I think that's going to be your combination in center field with Matuk getting more of the uh, at-bats, even though he's from the right side in a platoon, but not a strict platoon with Tyler Collins. Um, and the first part of your question was Victor Martinez. I mean, chances are, I mean, you worry every day about his knees. Don't you, Pat? I mean, you just do. But they, I don't know. He's they older. Put Miguel he... Cabrera in that spot. I mean, if, if he was out for any length of time, you just rotate probably guys through that DH spot. Just remember, Miguel has never liked DHing, and his numbers as a DH are not good. I say, you know, Victor Martinez can still hit. You know, so if there there's a situation that comes up, and I, I know he's lumbering on the bases, uh, he he really isn't a baseball player anymore. He's just a hitter. That's he what did he play is. in 154 games last year. You remember that? Yeah, and but there's a couple things about him. And he can trust me. I mean, he can get a little grouchy in the clubhouse and some other things. I mean, he's got you know uh, an edge to him, but sometimes that edge is pretty good. In the, the he, you know, and, and Jim uses always uses this term. He says he's a ball player. Well, Victor Martinez grinds through things. He does. So, you know, there's a certain leading by example with him, having him on your team, that's really good. And then the biggest factor of all is last year there were more home runs hit uh, at Comerica Park by left-handed hitters than in any other ballpark in the American League. And the Tigers, the only, and their only left-handed hitter is Victor Martinez. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the fact that they have right-handed bats, that hit the ball to left field, 
and there's all these home runs hit at their home. And think of all the big home runs, you know, from the one that Hosmer hit to this. I mean, there were a lot of home runs at the right field by opposing hitters that you can just think of off the top of your head. Cleveland hit a bunch of them. You know, I can think of Lindor, you know, bashing a couple out. So, you know, it comes to your mind, who's the left-handed bat that they have? They have one. Unless you count Alex Avila, who's back, and he's not there instead of Salty. And then you have a Romine and uh, maybe Tyler Collins. I mean, they don't have left-handed bats. So Victor is their left-handed at bat. And if the game is tough and, you know, it's like, man, you know, the Tigers are in a spot where they just need a hit. I don't know how you all feel, but I think their chances are pretty good, even at whatever age he is, and even though he hobbles up to the plate like Kurt Gibson <laughs> in the World Series, that V-Mart is going to get a hit. You're right. So there's some downside to him in a certain way, but, you know, uh, I, you know, the still, and you're paying him. You're going to have to pay him. He's, he's value of contract, you know, aside, which is a big issue. The value of the contract, because he's lacking versatility, just isn't there. They overpaid him because Mike Illich, I think, really likes him. But I think Mike Illich, who played you know professional baseball and has been around the game for a little bit as an owner, looked at it and said, I like him when Victor comes up in those spots. Pay him. That's why he's here. Well, I, I, I would totally agree. Um, but my question is, if he goes down, is there anybody I think that he, we have? That you just rotate guys through that spot. Live? No. From Toledo? No, there really isn't. No. Okay, well, there it is, guys. Um, <laughs> hopefully he stays healthy. I agree with you, Pat. He's a professional hitter. I love him. Yeah, that's what he is. He's a professional hitter. And there's some, there's some, like I said, there's an edge to him. There's a lot, you know, I mean, he's, he's a unique character. But push comes to shove. I'll, I'll tell you what, in a certain way, and I, look, he, he's not what he was. I'm not saying he is. When push comes to shove, you still want that guy on your side. I mean, I, you know, I mean, if it's a game and the Tigers are in some kind of race, and you're thinking, you know, we've got Victor's coming up yeah. now. He's, coming, he's, walk, he's walking onto that on-deck circle <laughs> up to the plate, and he's kind of adjusting his gloves and getting that right. kind of intense look on his face like he's a little angry, and he's, you know, he'll fight off some pitches. He'll oh, shove he'll, the ball he'll give to you left. good at bat. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so there's and a – And let's remember, he was playing with a hernia last year, apparently. Yeah, that's I mean, what he's the, never going to be a good base runner, but if he's just a little bit better on the bases, that does help the offense. And that gets to, you know, some of the value of contract issues that we go over and over again, the metrics and different things. But, you know, sometimes a guy like that will help you. David Ortiz, you know, look at how, you know, now Victor Martinez is going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to hit till he's older, like David Ortiz. I think Miggy's going to be like that. Everybody says, well, $300 million, well, Miggy this. I have a feeling Miggy's going to hit for a long time. You know, there's some guys that do that and some don't. He's going to be one of them that's probably going to do that. Right. He's not Ryan Howard. Everybody assumes that the Tigers' payroll, that the dollars they have committed for the years ahead are going to be dead weight within three years. But why? Why is Miguel Cabrera's contract going to be dead weight in three years when we just saw David Ortiz have one of the greatest seasons ever at 40? That's right. Hey, Keith, you're on 97.1 The Ticket. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, you kind of answered my question because I was wondering if Avila – uh, who I don't love as a hitter, but at least he's a left-handed bat, was there to spell uh, Victor as well as, you know, as backup uh, at the catching, you know, as catching. And he's an excellent defensive catcher, so, you know, I never have a problem with that. But I guess I was just looking to see what we're, what we're doing about a left-handed bat for the same reasons you guys were just talking about. You know, it sounds like Jacoby Jones isn't ready. Yeah, he's a righty anyway, but no, you're oh, really – I thought he was left-handed. Nope, he's a righty. All right. 
I mean, really, it's uh, it's Victor, and then the bats coming off the bench will be Tyler Collins, who will get occasional starts, certainly, and uh, like you said, Alex Avila. But uh, they're just going to live with it. And, again, I, I, I think sometimes it gets overrated. I think they would love to have another extra bat from the left side because it can take away the comfort and options for opposing managers when you've got a lefty to face a righty. But the Tiger righties, and we've, we've said it before, we'll say it again, do hit righties as well as anybody and better than a lot of teams. They are productive. The Martinez, the Cabreras, the Kinslers hit righties. Castellanos, not as much, but still getting there. And uh, who's McCann is the one who has to start improving from the right side. Well, he righties. really, really struggles right. against righties. He's got he a big right-left split last couple of years. But well, as he, a whole, this team hits right-handed pitching. It's not as big a deal, I think, as Avila, someone made it. Avila's key as a hitter. Um, he gets on base, does some stuff. But unless James McCann shows a noticeable improvement, because right. those splits you're talking about, with James McCann, they're huge, and and they were in the minor leagues too. I mean, you're talking about somebody having like close to a thousand OPS against left-handed pitching as a minor leaguer, and below 700. You mentioned right it last year at this same time, and it actually got worse this during this during the season. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. You're not going to need that number for a little bit till inside hockey time. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because the American League Rookie of the Year That's is joining right. us coming up next. Michael Fulmer, you listen to Tiger Talk at 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97 won the ticket. The 3 2. Got him on the outside corner. Perfect pitch, absolutely. Fastball right at the knees. Gordon didn't like the call. He was trotting down to first. As Diaz corner. rang him up, it was a perfect pitch. There you go. Michael Fulmer won the uh, American League uh, Rookie of the Year for the Tigers. Had an outstanding year, and he joins us now here on Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. What's up, Michael? How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you all? Good. Good. Thanks for joining us tonight. You got it. You know, I, I, you win the Rookie of the Year, and the offseason comes, and Sports Illustrated does a big story on it. It's all about you being a plumber. That was pretty <laughs> interesting. Eh? Yeah, they were out there. uh Basically for a whole day uh, at my house in Oklahoma, and, you know. But it was uh, it was fun. It was a good time. You know, it's interesting. I know you've talked about it a lot, Michael, but it is interesting. I mean, you you kind of have done this for the last couple of off seasons, but you enjoy it, don't you? I mean, learning a, a different skill, coming from someone who has absolutely zero around the house skills, uh, I can appreciate someone who's like you said, learning how to install a sink on your own or whatever it is that you're learning, and you've learned a lot. You've enjoyed it, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's just really fun to to learn something new, and you know, you never know when you're going to have to use it. And you know, I actually uh, I enjoy learning from from my boss Larry, and uh, he's he's an open book. He uh, he lets me know you know how to get things done the right way, and uh, you know, it's it's all good fun. And and as you pointed out during the caravan, or maybe it's at the sponsor dinner, you're not doing a ton of heavy lifting or digging eight foot trenches. This was all pretty, in terms of physical, you weren't putting yourself in any harm getting ready for next season. <laughs> no, not at all. It was uh, basically a lot of, you know, I dug a little bit of you know, small holes, but nothing big. It was a lot of getting down in the ditches and, um, you know, putting new PVC pipe in and a lot of glue, a lot of primer and um, just basically run it out to the, the main sewer line. It, it's not, not too taxing at all in the body. I stayed off of roofs and snake and drains, this and that. Um, hit a few of those uh, on the ground, but uh, hot water heaters, uh, a few sinks here and there. But uh, you know, ultimately, it's just it's 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 good. It's nice to learn. 
You know, uh, last year it was an interesting season for you because uh, the thing we kept hearing uh, when the Tigers traded uh, for you with the Mats and, and then when you were pitching double-A uh, ball the year before and even when you were at triple-A was Michael Fulmer has to learn how to throw a changeup. He needs that third pitch. And I uh, talked to a lot of scouts, I saw you, uh, you know, a couple of them actually in the Eastern League. They said he really throws a change-up change because he really doesn't need it Last year you got up into the big leagues. You found out pretty early that you do need to change up, and it turned out you actually had a very good change up. Of all the things that happened last year, probably the most impressive thing I think to baseball people was you developing that change up so quickly. Did you surprise yourself with that, or did you always have that pitch and just haven't used it that much? I uh, kind of surprised myself, <laughs> but you know that's just uh, you know that's credit to our pitching coach Rich, and uh, obviously. James McCann and, and Jared Salton Lockie last year, um, they basically sat me down and said, look, you need to throw it. You've been throwing your bullpens. It looks all right. So we just need to translate that to the game and just work on keeping the pitch down. It's going to have good movement and, and uh, you know, good change of speeds. But, um, you know, I give credit to those guys for, for calling it behind the plate and, and ultimately just making me throw it. I remember that first game against Tampa when you really broke it out after you'd had that bullpen session. From that point on, Given the results of that game, I think it was Tampa, uh, from that point on, did you feel like, okay, they wanted me to throw it, I'm throwing it, and I'm getting success, and then you had confidence in it the rest of the way? Yeah, pretty much. I know uh, Matt caught that game, and he basically told me, he goes, look, we're going to use it in low-stress situations just to kind of you know, get a feel for it here and there, and you know, hopefully we got a decent lead where we can throw it more and more. But I remember the first inning, guy on second base, in like a 1-0 count, he calls it, I'm like, I wouldn't call it the low stress situation with the guy on with the guy on second, but uh, we ended up throwing it. Uh, got a you know pop by the center, and uh, it was a good pitch down. Got a got him out on his front foot, and you know ever since then he called it I think twenty seven times that game. Wow. You know one of the things that I don't know if people know this that much about your background in, in Oklahoma, and there were two pitchers I can think of one off the top of my head was Archie Bradley. Uh, the draft year that you were in, and then there was another one who was really good, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, Dan. Um, but uh, and then you were the third guy uh, that was taken a little bit later in the draft. What is it about Oklahoma? Because that's a lot of top prospects, and you're the guy that's kind of separated yourself early. Um, that kind of spur you on things like that, uh, the draft and being around uh, you know top competition when you were younger. Oh yeah, the other guy's name was um, Dylan Bundy. He's with Dylan Bundy. There you go. There you go. They, um, you know, those two guys. I was, you know, I was happily in, in, uh, you know, the third pick out of Oklahoma that year behind those two guys. They're, uh, they're both unbelievable talents, and um, they're both in the big leagues right now for a reason. So they can both pitch, and uh, it's fun getting to compete against those guys and um, to bring our friendship that we have all the way up to the big leagues. It's really something special. It's all coming from Oklahoma. Michael, how did you feel uh, at the end of the year, and how big an influence did – I mean, can you imagine how you would have felt if you hadn't had that early conversation with, with Justin Verlander where he gave you some of the, the things that he wished he had known in his rookie year in terms of how to keep his shoulder fresh, how to have a, a regular in-between start routine to strengthen and maintain the strength in that shoulder. In terms of how your year went, how did you feel at the end, and how much did that help you? I think, yeah, I think honestly, without that, I wouldn't have made it. Um, yeah, I was uh, toward the end of the year. Uh, body felt good. Um, ball was coming out good. Uh, just kind of lack of execution there the last uh, last month of the season or so, my starts. But you know, I think without the uh, the coaching staff and the the front office guys kind of 
uh, pushed me back a few starts here and there. Uh, I think they did obviously the right thing and allowed me to stay healthy throughout the year. So I'm I'm blessed and, and thankful for the guys around me. Well, one of the things that really stood out last year, Michael, was your poise. Um, I don't know after the games, whether it went good or bad. You know, people ask you questions. Uh, you seem to have a an answer for it. Uh, like you've, you know, you seem calm being in the major leagues. And I think one of the things that really stood out, you didn't get that kind of deer in the headlights look when you got called up. It was like you were just pitching baseball. Can you talk about the the mindset of that and uh, why you have that poise? Is it just something where you're pretty calm and uh, you know just discuss that because it was very noticeable. You were a rookie, but you didn't act like a rookie. <laughs> you know, you just gotta you gotta tell yourself it's a it's a game and you know it's the, the best game in the world. So I just try to enjoy playing it and and have fun doing it and just kind of tell myself not to take any moment for granted. Um, you never know when your last pitch could be, especially as a pitcher, um, throwing that many times with your arm and everything. But um, just never take this game for granted. It's, it's a game of failure, and you know it's, it's going to come back to, to bite you if you uh, if you don't mm-hmm. stay humble. So I'm I'm just uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to be up here, and I'm just I'm glad that you know I have the teammates around me and the coaching staff around me to that believes in me, and and especially all last year it was uh, it was a really fun year. Uh, hopefully this year as a team. Uh, we'll make it a little further and, and reach that ultimate goal of winning a World Series for Detroit. Michael, I think what has a lot of fans excited, the the fact that not only Justin Verlander, Jordan Zimmerman in this rotation, but really three young pitchers whose you obviously made the big impact last year, and we still might see a lot more from Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd. Just talk about what you're seeing from those two, the relationship that you have, because this really could be a core of three really good young pitchers leading this rotation for years to come. Yeah, those two guys, Daniel and Matt, they have uh, really good heads on their shoulders. Um, they're they're looking to learn every single day. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of our bullpens, you know, whoever was throwing the bullpen that day, the other two guys will be out there watching, just hmm. trying to get you know tips and wherever they can pick up from from each other. Um, obviously, they're 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 both around me 24/7 during the season, and you know, I couldn't ask for for two better guys to to ride this uh, roller coaster with. Hey, Michael, uh, enjoyed the conversation. Good luck to you the coming season. Congratulations on a, a great year. Maybe you have uh, another one coming up here, eh? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the season. All right, Michael. Go. We'll see you down in Florida. Take care. Thank you, guys. That's uh, Michael Fulmer, the Tigers pitcher. What a great kid, eh? Oh, he really is. I mean, there's a lot of good young young men on this team, but uh, just stood out with it. I mean, you can just tell he's a polite young man, but... I mean, he's just, uh, you talk about grounded, he's pretty grounded. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if he continues to have the success he had. Dan, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Pat, enjoyed For, it. Enjoyed it.